Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Good morning, everybody. We had to take a moment right there in the beginning of service and just remember where we've come in the past four years. And Pastor Kerry just talked about this a little bit, but this is our last Sunday here in the theater. And it's important that we don't just fly past this Sunday, moving on to the next thing and not take a moment to remember all that God has done in these past four years. And so we just wanted to give you a little glimpse of of what we've experienced here in the Kaleidoscope Theater. And the title of my message today is... It's time to move. Everybody say, it's time to move. It's time to move. We are so excited about what God has in store for the Movement Church, and and it's time for us to move. But I want to share about how that relates to us in our own lives as well. So if you have your Bibles with me, you can turn to Joshua chapter 3. I'm reading Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 through 17, but don't worry. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you right now, but you can read along with me or you can follow along on the screens. But Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 through 17 says this, early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left the Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about a half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do a great wonder among you. We skip ahead to verse 14 and it says this. So the people left the camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. It was harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water, the river's edge, the water above that point began to back up a great distance away to a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Hey, this nation of Israel was over a million people. They crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed over the Jordan on dry ground. Can we pray and jump in this morning? Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Lord Jesus, thank you so much for what you're doing in this place. God, thank you for the past four years that the Movement Church has had here at the Kaleidoscope Theater. God, we thank you that it is time to move, and God, you are going before us. God, we thank you for the great things that are in store as we take this next step into a new season. God, I pray for every man, woman, teenager in this room today. God, I pray that you will speak directly to each and every one of our hearts. God, the word that you have for us today. God, we just give you this service. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, or what, what, as Pastor Kerry would say, right? Just agreeing. Awesome. Hey, if you would like, can you hold that up again? Because I didn't read your sign. (laughs) They're giving me signs from the front row. Text sermon for notes. 
How many of you would like to follow along with notes in your YouVersion app on your phone? This is amazing. There's a first time for everything. If you, oh, I see hands in the audience today. <laughs> if you would like to follow along, you can text the Movement Church number for, and text sermon. sermon. Text sermon. That's what's going to get you exactly what you need, and you can do that right now. Yes. Moving on. <laughs> you know, my daughter Avery is seven years old, and she, um, she loves being at home. And she said to me the other day, Mom, when I get married, we're going to live with you guys. <laughs> and I did what you did. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not sure your husband's going to like that. And truthfully, your dad's probably not going to like that either. So um, we'll just deal with that as we get there. I think we've got some time ahead of us. How many of you can remember the first time that you moved out of your parents' home? Anybody? If you're a 30-year-old man in the room and you are not raising your hand, <laughs> it's time to move. Nudge your neighbor. Say it's time to move, right? I remember when it was time for me to move out of my parents' home. You see, Carrie and I got married when we were very young. I do mean very young. We were, uh, you know, 14 and 15. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, 20 and 21. And we, we were just so young. And so we were getting married. And so for me, this was the first time that I would be moving out of my parents' home. And I remember I was a little nervous about this because I had always, I, I mean, I grew up here. I loved my home. I loved the comfort that it provided for me. Um, I loved my mom and dad. I, you know, I know not all of us do, but I did. And, and, uh, and I would try to convince Carrie that we should move in with my mom and dad, and he was not having that. And so we decided it was time to move, right? And in deciding it was time to move, it meant that I had to part with some things that had been a source of comfort for me. My white wrought iron full-size bed with the mattress that curved exactly to my body because I had had it since I was young. I had to part with that. The one that I used to sleep from corner to corner on the mattress. I had to part with my bed that I loved to make room for my now expanding family, right? So I had to part with something that I was very comfortable with because my family was expanding. It was growing and that meant it was time to move. I also had to pack up some things that could not transition with me into this next season. My entire bedroom was decorated with these, some of you are going to remember this, these Kim Anderson pictures. I think they have a photo. Does anybody remember this? <laughs> I had these pictures of little kids all over my room. Don't judge me. But I figured Pastor Kerry was not going to appreciate that in our new home. So I had to pack it up. I had to burn the old love letters from old boyfriends and I had to do away with those things because they weren't going to transition with me into the next season, right? I also had to part with my stuffed animals. Do not judge me. I love stuffed animals. I clean out my kids' rooms all the time. The one thing I cannot get rid of is stuffed animals. I love stuffed animals. And... Carrie told me I could not bring the stuffed animals with me into this new season. And I begged him for just one stuffed animal. Oh, I'm dropping things. This is Wilson. And I really thought that Carrie would be okay with me bringing Wilson into our, our new marriage and our new home because he's the one that gave me Wilson in the first place when we were dating. And he said no, because here's the deal. You can tell Wilson is loved and dirty. And, uh... And I used to sleep with Wilson. 
He made me feel so comfortable when I would go to sleep. And Carrie told me, babe, you cannot bring that bear into our marriage and into our bed. It's just not happening. He did offer that he would be my teddy bear. And over 15 years of marriage, he has gotten a little bit uh, fluffier and hairier. (laughs) I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I couldn't resist. But I had to pack up my stuffed animals, the things that were comfortable to me because it was time to move. It was time to move. To expand my family, this was necessary. And in the book of Joshua, we pick up with the nation of Israel and it's time for them to move. I don't know if you're familiar with the Bible or the Bible story. Here's something that might be a reference for you. If you've ever seen the Prince of Egypt, this can be a reference for you. But if you're familiar with the Bible, the nation of Israel was once enslaved in Egypt. And Moses went and stood up to Pharaoh and said, it's time to let God's people go. After seven plagues, Pharaoh finally said yes. The people of Israel marched out of Egypt. The Egyptian army followed them. They hit the Red Sea. They didn't know where they were going to go. Moses prayed to God, lifted his arms, and the water parted. And the entire nation of Israel crossed on dry ground. And then the Egyptian army that pursued, the waves crashed in on top of them and killed them all, right? So some great things have happened to the nation of Israel. And the nation of Israel is going out to pursue the promised land. And on the way to the promised land, there's a lot of things that happen, but they find themselves wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Now, the cool thing is that even though they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, God was faithful. They saw the faithfulness of God in every situation. When they didn't know what they were going to eat, they woke up in the morning and there was sweet bread from heaven that appeared like dew on the ground. They had food to eat. They watched water flow from a rock so that they could have water to drink. They, they had shoes on their feet where the soles never wore out for 40 years, walking through the wilderness for 40 years, and the soles on their shoes never wore out. These people had seen the faithfulness of God. And as I was reflecting today on our church, on the movement church, and, and thinking about the fact that it's time for us to move, I was just thinking, wow, we have seen the faithfulness of God. On September 9th, 2012, we had our very first service in this room, and people showed up. It was amazing. And then, for an entire year, God sustained this church on 60 to 80 individuals, and I'm counting the children. It was amazing. At times when we didn't know how we were going to pay the bills, and we didn't know where it was going to come from, a check would show up in the mailbox because God sustained this church, because he had a purpose and a plan for it. When we look at what God has done here, 698 people have said yes to Jesus. That means they're sick. Come on, that is worth a hand clap. 698 people that didn't know the hope that we have in Jesus have said yes to Jesus. And then Pastor Kerry just shared with you the the faithfulness and the generosity of this church has gone above and beyond the goal that we set for the next steps offering. I look back at this season that we have had in the kaleidoscope and I see God has been so faithful. And I don't know about you, but I imagine that if you look back in your life, you can see where God has been so faithful in your life as well. Just some little details along the way. But we come into this season, and it's time for the Israelites to move. Moses has died, and now it's Joshua's turn. 
There's a shift in the atmosphere. The season is changing. It says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 2 through 3, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. I love that promise. I love that as it's time to move and they're changing seasons that God promises Joshua, listen, wherever you set your foot, you will be on land that I have given you. Why? Because it's time. It's time. And something that you and I can remember is that God's timing opens doors and clears paths that you could never cross into on your own. Hey, listen again. God's timing opens doors and clears paths that you could never cross into on your own. God's timing is so perfect. He's got a plan for every moment of our lives. And when we begin to lean in, to listen to, and to recognize his timing, it opens doors and clears paths we could never cross into on our own. At the beginning of this year, in 2016, as a church, we really, Pastor Carrie and I were praying, and we were like, God, what do you want to do at the Movement Church in 2016? And we really felt like God just dropped this word in our heart. So that for those of you who are here and it's maybe your first time or maybe you're still just walking out this faith journey, it's not an audible voice from God. It's just more of a, just a feeling. Like I, I feel like this might be something that God's doing. And, and we felt like God gave us this word, accelerate. That 2016 was going to be a year of acceleration. And what that means is to cause faster or greater development, progress, or advancement. And we just started praying and believing that 2016, okay, God's going to do something in 2016. We need to get ready for it. And we just had this feeling that this was going to be the year that God was going to ask us to move locations. We didn't know why at that point. We didn't really have a good reason, but we just had this feeling that God was going to ask us to move locations. It was going to be time to make a step. And then sure enough, it is. And so I want to challenge you. There's going to be seasons in your life where God is going to ask you to move. There's going to be seasons in your life that are going to be times of transition, and it will be time to move. We just had this amazing young couple in our church, Brandon and Nicole, get engaged last night. They are about to get married, (laughs) and it's time to move. They're going to be stepping from one season of single, independent adults into a marriage where they've got to work together. And there's going to be a lot of sacrifices that they're going to have to make, but there's going to be a lot of fun to be had. And all the married people said, amen. There is, but there's going to be seasons where God's going to ask us to move. Maybe it's having children because a transition into having kids is a completely new season. Maybe it's a job transition. Maybe a a decision to be made about taking a new job over a job that you've already had. There's going to be seasons where God might ask you to move. Maybe it's a relocation. Listen, maybe God might be wanting to get you out of an unhealthy situation into a healthy situation. There might be some things or some people in your life where God's saying, hey, it's time to move. It's time to move. Maybe it's taking an idea or a dream and making it a reality. Some of you have been dreaming about something for a long time and God's going, it's time to move. It's time to move. But the important thing that we need to know is that timing is crucial. Timing is crucial. Now listen, I am not a surfer. Okay, so I know that there are a bunch of you in this room who are surfers. Please don't judge me. Just correct me after first service and I'll get it right for second service. Okay, 
I'm not a surfer, but what I watch and I observe of people who are surfing is that when they are out in the water, they're floating out there in the waves. And if you're a surfer, you have a choice to make. You can either float out there in the waves all day long, waiting for the perfect wave, waiting for the one that's not too big, not too small, not too scary, and you could just float out there all day if you wanted to, right? Or you might jump the gun, and again, you have to correct me if I'm wrong, but there's probably times where you just get excited about wanting to catch the wave that's coming and maybe just start paddling too soon, and, and then it's just striving. It's like me trying to get going as fast as I can so that I can get up on this board and ride this wave in, and then it's just lots of work, right? But there's, from what I understand, a moment in surfing, there's a moment that if you learn how to catch the moment, then when that wave is coming and you are ready and you're paddling, you can stand up on that board and you can coast all the way into the shore. There's a moment to be had. And God's timing is just like this. There is a moment that we want to be in when we're operating in the timing of God. And there's a couple things that you and I can put into practice to know what God's timing looks like. When we're transitioning, when it's time to move from one season to another, here's a few points that you can put into practice in your life. One, you need a word from God. Now listen, that could sound confusing. Maybe that even sounds overwhelming. Like I, a word from, what does that mean? Does that just mean what I feel? Well, kind of. It just means that I'm praying and I'm saying, God, I believe that you want to speak to me and show me the way to go, show me the right thing to do. And then just like Pastor Carrie and I had this feeling in the beginning of this year that I think it's going to be time to move locations. We just, it was just a feeling, but it lined up with the word of God, with the Bible. You want the thing that you're feeling to line up with what the Bible says. So for instance, if you are feeling like God wants you to make more money this year and therefore you're not going to pay your taxes, that doesn't line up with the word of God right? So these are good things to measure your decisions by, right? So we have this feeling that lines up with the word of God. And then I bring in some spiritual leadership in my life. Someone who plays the role of a spiritual leader. Maybe it's a pastor or a connect group leader. And I say, hey, this is what I'm feeling. And this is what the word says. I feel like it might be time. What do you think? Every major decision Pastor Carrie and I have ever made, including moving from the kaleidoscope into Serrano Intermediate, we've always felt like we had a word from God. It's aligned with the scripture, and then we've taken it straight to our pastors and said, hey, what do you think? And if everybody's in agreement, it's a good moment to go, all right, I think this is the right time, right? So those are some good things that you can apply to your life when you're feeling like it's time to move. But listen, I just want to encourage you, if you're in this room today and you're feeling like, I don't know that God would ever speak to me, that's okay. If you're here in this room and you're not sure if you believe yet, that's all right. Permission to belong before you believe. But I do want to encourage you that God does want to speak to you, that he is a personal God. It's not just about religion, it's about relationship, and God really does want to speak to you. So I just want to encourage you in that, but you can believe whatever. <laughs> this, is, this is your time just to listen in. You know, there's far too many people who go through life without a vision from God, and they rely on their own feelings, their own thoughts, and their own logic. And really, the thing is, when it's time to move, in every area of our life, whether it's finding the spouse that we're hoping to marry, or having children or taking a new job or moving locations or whatever it might be in every area of our life, we should always be asking God, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you have for me? 
What is your plan? So many times we use our own logic and our own reason to figure everything out and we consult God like way later. But really our first response should be, God, who have you called me to become? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to be? And if we can line our lives up with that, then we'll be able to transition well. But something good to know is that every major transition will have its Jordan River. Every major transition will have its Jordan River. Joshua 3, verse 1 says this, Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left the Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing. So see, the Israelites... It was time to move, right? So they traveled to the Jordan River and they arrived at the Jordan River, but then they sat at the Jordan River for three days before they were going to cross it. And let me just tell you a little something about the Jordan River. We read later on in the verses that the Jordan River was overflowing at its banks. Okay, so something you need to know is that this was just not a little tiny trickling river that they could tiptoe across. This was a raging whitewater rapids kind of river that was rushing past the Israelites. You see, in the Bible, as you study this and historians have studied this, the, the Mount Haran, which was a mountain that was nearby, at the time of harvest, which was somewhere in between winter and spring, the winter snows would melt off the mountain and come rushing down and flooding into the Jordan River. And so the Jordan River probably looked something like this with the waters raging. And so as the nation of Israel was camped out here for three days in front of the Jordan River, they're being told, you're going to go across this thing. But they're looking at something that feels impossible. How the heck are we going to get across this thing? I can only imagine what they must have been thinking as they sat here looking at the Jordan River. We have kids, we have livestock, we have lots of stuff we're taking with us. How are we going to get across this river? And I'm sure that they were justifying that the two spies who went earlier to scope out the promised land, well, that was just two of them. I can figure, two people could figure out how to get across this river, but an entire nation, millions of people, God, how are you going to do this one? They were staring at something that was seemingly impossible. And I just want to challenge you that when you are taking a big step of faith, when it's time to move from one season into another season, you will always face the Jordan River. There will always be something that feels impossible. How in the world is God going to do this one? And I've got to encourage you that you just looking at that Jordan River might feel overwhelmed by the impossible, but God is not overwhelmed by the impossible. You see a big step of faith for you. And as you hear that, you're going, "Ah, I don't really know what a big step of faith for me looks like. I'm not, not planning to move to another state or take a new job. Hey, listen, a big step of faith might simply be obedience. A big step of faith might simply be obedience. Maybe God's just kind of been putting his finger on something in your life. And by that, I mean, you've just been feeling convicted about this one area of your life that needs to change. But what you're staring at in front of you looks like a Jordan River. It feels impossible to change. It feels impossible to overcome this addiction. It feels impossible to beat that. But as you're looking at the Jordan River, you need to know that with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Maybe a big step of faith for you is just starting a faith journey and a relationship with God. Maybe you have been overwhelmed in the past. Maybe you went to church in the past and you've been hurt by a church. Maybe you've seen things just go totally wrong. I have too. 
And it feels like that is just a Jordan River raging in front of you. And as you think, God, maybe I want to start a relationship with you, but I just see all this stuff. It feels impossible. But God is a God of impossibilities, right? I don't know what your big step of faith is. Maybe it's starting a company, buying a home, starting a family. Hey, maybe it's joining the dream team. And you look at the Jordan River in front of you and you go, oh my goodness, the sacrifice that's going to take. But with God, all things are possible. Maybe like us, it's moving church locations. You're a part of that. It's a big transition. And let me tell you, there have been some Jordan River moments for us as a church. But we're making the move because with God, all things are possible. I want to give you three things that you can remember in the midst of those transitions, okay? Joshua 3, chapter 3 through 4 says, that, or verse 3 through 4 says this. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Listen, when you have never been someplace, there is wisdom for you in following leaders. But leaders, listen to me. When it says, since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. The leaders had never been that way before either. They were just trusting that they were going to carry the presence of God across the Jordan and God was going to do something that only God could do. So listen, it doesn't matter if we've never been somewhere before. God's still got great things ahead of us. He said, stay about a half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Listen, one thing that we can know when we are making any major move or transition, when it's time to move, number one is we've got to follow the presence of God. As the priest picked up the Ark of the Covenant, and when they talk about the Ark of the Covenant, it is, a, it is a, a representation of the presence of God. I'm not going to go into all the history of that, but at that time in the Bible, the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. So when you and I are in a situation where it's time to move, it's time to transition, we have got to follow the presence of God. What does that mean? Bible says in Matthew, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Hey, listen, what that's saying is just ask God first. Maybe the goal for you today is just that every day when you get up and you get out of bed, you just say, God, what would you have me do today? What's your plan for me today? Just a simple prayer of surrender. It's saying, God, I'm going to choose to put you first right? And as the people, as we look in Joshua, it says that they had never been this way before and they were going to follow the leaders. Hey, listen, following the presence of God is also taught to us in Proverbs 3, 5, where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding what you think you already know. Don't worry about that. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. So God, what do you want me to do? And he will direct your path. Listen, God wants to point you in the right direction. Every single person in this room, no matter where you are in your faith journey with God, God has an incredible plan for your life. And he wants to help you move in the right direction. He wants to help you avoid the detours. He wants to help you get there in the perfect timing. God has a plan, but we've got to learn how to put him first, how to follow the presence of God. And something good to know is the presence of God is never old and stale. It's always new. It's always fresh. Listen, the presence of God is not about ritual. It's not about showing up at church and clocking in and clocking out and doing my church time. The presence of God is, is so about relationship. God wants a relationship with you and me. And as we learn what that looks like, we learn how to follow in the right direction.
And can I pause for just a minute and just talk to those of you in the room who would consider yourself a leader. If you're not a leader, just kind of take a deep breath and sit back for a minute, unless you feel like God's challenging you to be a leader. Hey, listen, the leaders of this nation, the priests, had to go out and pick up this Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God. They had to go out and they had to pick it up, which meant they had to carry a burden. It was not easy. It was not light. They had to pick it up and put it on their shoulders. And then they had to go and put their feet in the Jordan River. Do you remember that picture of the Jordan River? The waters that were raging? I can only imagine that these priests, these leaders, had to be looking at what was seemingly impossible going, I hope God pulls through this time. And as they began to put their feet in the water, I imagine that they were overcome by a little bit of fear, by doubt, by, I've heard the stories of God showing up at the Red Sea, but all Moses had to do was raise his hands and you're asking us to get in that raging water. I imagine that for them, it looked like a sacrifice. I imagine that for them, this was not comfortable at all. It was getting rid of a comfortable thing and saying, okay, we're going to do this even though it's not comfortable, even though it's a sacrifice. I imagine that some of those men were going, what if this river doesn't part? And what if I get in here and it washes me away? What's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to my children? But yet they chose to pick up that ark and to put their feet in the water. And what they didn't know was that, that by their faithfulness, by their sacrifice, by their willing, their relentless commitment to say, I'm going to step into these waters. Because of that, their children crossed the Jordan on dry ground and their children's children would have a story to tell from generation to generation because of their faithfulness. So if you're a leader in this room, I want to challenge you. You may be feeling the, the, the cost. You may be feeling the weight of leadership. You may be feeling the sacrifice that is required. But I'm telling you, you have no idea who's on the other side of that obedience. Who's on the other side of stepping into that Jordan River and trusting that God has got this. You have no idea who's on the other side of that. So the first thing we got to do is we got to follow the presence of God. The second thing we've got to do, Joshua said, is purify yourselves or sanctify yourselves. What does that mean? It means it's time to pack some things up. It's time to move, which means it's time to pack some things up. It's time to get rid of some things that have been comfortable in our past to make room for expansion of what God wants to do in the future. Just like I had to get rid of my white wrought iron full-size bed. It's time to get uncomfortable. It's time to pack some things up. It's time to burn the things that do not matter anymore. Maybe there's some areas in our life as we're transitioning and moving into a new season that we can say, you know what? I'm not going to take that with me. There is no better timing than when we're making a move to say, you know what? I'm going to deal with some of those old habits. And as we make this change, I'm going to make a change in my own personal life as well. And some of you in this room might feel and know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe there's an area of your life that God's just been going, you don't need that anymore. You don't need that anymore. Let's pack that thing up or let's burn those things. They're not going with us into this next season, right? Maybe for some of us, it's a place of comfort. It's a stuffed animal. It's something that we really want to hold on to, but it's time to pack it up. It's time to say, you know what? I don't need that thing anymore. I'm going into a new season. Whenever we transition from one season to another and it's time to move, it is the best opportunity in the world for us to deal with old attitudes, 
old offenses, character issues that we need to make changes in. This is the prime time. So I want to ask you, what do you need to pack up today? What do you need to pack up? And the third thing, Joshua 3, 5 says this, Then Joshua told the people, Purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Hey, listen, the third thing is, we need to set our expectations. Set our expectations. So first, we're going to say, God, I'm going to follow the presence of God. Two, I'm going to pack up the things that are not needed for this new season. And number three, I need to set my expectation. And what does that look like? Hey, listen, expectation is the atmosphere for miracles. Expectation is the atmosphere for miracles. Pastor Kerry's been preaching for two weeks, and he shared with you. He said, listen, you don't want mundane. There's not one person in this room who would raise their hand and say, I just want to live a mundane, kind of okay life. No. Every one of us wants to experience the miraculous. We want to see something amazing happen in our lifetime. I know you feel the way I do. But we've got to set our expectations for what we want to see happen. Habakkuk tells us to write the vision and make it plain so that those who read it can run with it. We need to start to go, God, I'm believing that you're going to do something amazing in my life. We need to set our expectations in a season of transition. As a church, we're setting our expectations. We're setting our expectations for what's going to come as we move from the Kaleidoscope Theater into Serrano Intermediate School. And we're expecting God to do something amazing. And I want to encourage you as a church. So for just a moment, I want to talk to you as a church family, as the movement church. As we are making a move, as it's time for us to move, there's three things that we're going to do. One is we're going to follow the presence of God. We're going to follow the presence of God. And here's what I want to challenge you to be a part of that journey with. Is for the next 21 days... There's 21 days leading up to October 16th when we're sending out a big mailer, when we're inviting our friends, when we're having this launch party at Serrano Intermediate School. For the next 21 days, we are going to be in a 21 days of prayer. And what that means is every day, I want to ask you to join us in every day praying one specific prayer. This doesn't have to be for an hour. It may only take a few minutes, but I want to encourage you to be a part of this journey with us. We're going to say, God, we're putting you first, and we're going to set our expectations for some big things. So if you have your cell phone in your hand, you can text the word prayer to our number. And what that's going to do is that for the next 21 days, you're going to get a prayer prompt. It's going to be one thing that we're praying for and how to pray. So if you're in the room and you're going, I don't really know how to pray. Hey, listen, that's okay. We're going to help you know how to pray. And I want to encourage you, text that word prayer to our number and join us on this 21-day journey because we're believing God's going to do something great in this season of transition. And I want to challenge you, what do you need to pack up? As it's time to move, what is the area in your life that needs to go? What's the thing that might need to be packed up? Maybe it's an area of comfort that you've just been clinging to for far too long and resisting what God wants to do in your life. Maybe it's an old habit or an area of sin that you've just been struggling with. And listen, 
When we pack up our house to move, Pastor Kerry gives me a hard time and he says, Megan, quit packing the box so full. It's going to be so heavy. It's going to take five people to move it. Because I'm like, let's fit everything in the box that we can fit into the box, right? And he's like, stop. It's going to be so heavy. And you may be dealing with an area of sin in your life that is really heavy. And you're not going to be able to move it on your own. So I want to challenge you if that's you and God is challenging you to deal with something, you might need some help. Great time to join a connect group. Talk to a pastor. Get somebody to come alongside of you because you can't do it on your own. Maybe it's an old area of offense or an attitude or character issue. What's the thing that God might be pinpointing for you to pack up? And then number three, would you set your expectation with us? We are believing for 500 people to show up on October 16th. It seems a little bit audacious, but we're believing that with God, all things are possible. With God and with our part that we can play by inviting our friends, by praying for people to be there. Could we set our expectations that God could do this on October 16th? Could we start believing for 500 people to be there, to find the hope that is found in Jesus? Hey, I think we can. And I want to challenge you to be praying with us. Can we do that? Let me talk to those of you in the room who, as we talk about taking a big step of faith, maybe for you, it simply is just starting a faith journey, starting a relationship with God. Maybe you're here today and kind of listening and, and wrestling with what you believe. And that's okay. I want you to know God believes in you. And if the Jordan River that is in front of you feels like the impossibility of starting a relationship with God, Maybe you've been mad at God. Maybe you've been hurt by the church. I don't know what your experience has been. But I do know that God wants a relationship with us. And I do know that the separation that you feel from God, that gap that you kind of feel, it's real. And the Bible calls it a sin gap. The Bible tells us that sin separates us from God. And tells us the punishment of sin is death and an eternity in hell which sounds bleak, but there's hope because he comes back and he says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And the Bible tells us when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, then we will be saved. And there's some of you in this room who your next step, that big step of faith is simply saying yes to Jesus and then taking the next step. So I wanna ask everyone in this room, would you bow your head and close your eyes? And if that's you here today, and you need to give God a chance. Maybe you've never, maybe you've never had a relationship with God. Or maybe you have and you've just been running the opposite direction. I want to say today's the day to come back. So I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to invite everyone in this room, every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to invite you to just pray this prayer with me in your own heart. And if that's you, would you just take a moment and have this conversation between you and God? If that's you, just say, dear God, I know that you're real. I know that you love me. I thank you for sending your son Jesus to pay the price for my sin. Would you forgive me? Would you forgive me for having a calloused and a hard heart? And today, God, I, I want to surrender my life to you. And all around the room, 
If that's you in your own heart, just say these words, Jesus, I give you my life. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Please email us at info at theocmovement.com. And if you were not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Please send us an email at info at theocmovement.com. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church.